0: Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This week it is just uh, Matt and myself because Shad is sick. Um, he was last week, but we're double recording tonight and he just did not feel up to the second half of the show.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's convalescing.
0: Yes, we think it's bubonic plague, but we can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that.
1: Uh, are we, are we blaming Canada for this one like we were going to do last week? Is yes, it like, the, because I it like bu- the Winnipeg flu or something?
0: Well, I believe I believe he got it from a a, a Canadian goose that had fleas and then the flea gave him the <laughs> plague. So, I'm holding uh, Justin responsible for this one.
1: You know, I've I've talked to Justin quite a few times about uh, Canadian geese. And you know, they always do say that birds are the descendants of dinosaurs. But uh, I think maybe some birds are a little closer than others, and geese, Canadian geese, I think are probably like one step removed from like raptors or something at least in temperament. they're apparently like very ornery.
0: Oh, and, they're and terrible.
1: <laughs> not pleasant.
0: Ohio's like a stop through when they go south and they're just <laughs> I call them nature's asshole pretty
1: much. They kind of are right?
0: Yeah, and um a fun a fun game if you can get it on sale. I think it's worth not the twenty dollars but less but untitled goose game. Is just a fun uh, romp of being a dick to people and laughing about it.
1: I've heard that actually uh, hypes quite a bit. Yeah. A lot of people seem like that game.
0: It's kind of just like a puzzler and you're a goose, but you can just torture people and it's great. Mm. So uh, let's get our shout outs out of the way. Um, collar and elbow shirts. If you want a comfy shirt give them a look uh they do the nice like decent cloth not the the burlap sack that like the t <laughs> shirts are um, it's like
1: the soft it's like the super soft cotton yeah i actually was thinking about this the other day i mean obviously we're not you and neither you or i have actually been in the ring uh shad has but i this is obviously a wrestling uh, a company that's you know Al Snow's involved. They make shirts that are wrestling themed, but I think they're also, I think these shirts are really kind of designed for like a post gym workout or a gym workout because the t-shirts are so soft, and I I don't know that they're like moisture wicking, but I almost feel like they could be because if you ever like have a good gym workout and then you want to throw on a t-shirt or or even just like a t-shirt while during your working out, you actually want that soft cotton.
2: Yeah, you don't because
1: win. it actually. It, ha- it helps your like helps breathe quite a bit it's just comfortable it's not going to chafe your skin if you're like sweating
0: there's nothing worse than like throwing on like one of those cheap t-shirts with, like the thick material and you can just feel like your body heat like like just trapped in there and it makes you like almost want to like rich yeah sorry I had um just random side story anyway before we get into this uh, four corners podcast is the promo code that gets you 10% off um, so I, I don't have a gallbladder and one of my <laughs> symptoms was I, I would just generate heat and sometimes like my body would just be radiating heat so bad. Like it would be making me sick because like, I could just feel the heat coming off of my own body Wow. and it was just overheating me. Yeah. If you, if you, if anyone's listening to this and you, and you, and your gallbladder ever goes bad, it is one of the worst experiences you'll ever go through um until you get the surgery
1: i had a friend who had his gallbladder removed uh and he was yeah he was definitely having like some gastric issues and the surgery he said was actually like rough because you're kind of like laid up for like a week at least he was
0: actually for me it wasn't bad i missed like a week <laughs> and a half of work but like i was so sick i could only eat like chicken and pretzels for like the month leading in because like i actually like had like the really i had like the attack and all that stuff but like i could mm-hmm. wake up and eat again so for me and like my my like the pain was really gone so like the surgery isn't that bad like they don't cut you that bad but like i mean like with anything you have varying results and i have a pretty high t- pain tolerance so i i it was like a week and a half i missed of work, and then i i texted my boss i'm like i'm bored She's like, you sure you want to come back? And I was like, if I have to watch another episode of American Pickers, I'm going to literally go insane. <laughs> um, so, yeah.
1: Sidebar, when my wife and I were in, um, in Nashville, we went to one of their stores. And that's not like the main one. The main one is in like Iowa or wherever they're from. But uh, the store was like not good. It was a bunch of like really, really like crappy antique stuff that was clearly just there for like display. And the main focus of the store was just to sell like their branded items, like buy an American Pickers T-shirt. And it's like, oh, that's lame. no, I don't want that. Like I'm coming to the store for antiques. But
0: Well, that's um, that's like the um, the Pawn Stars guys. I know people that have gone to that specific pawn shop and none of them like actually work there.
1: I've actually driven past that store in uh, the main store in L.A. L.A. Sorry, Las Vegas. And it is shockingly small. Like they kind of make it look like much bigger than it is on the TV show. And it's really not big at all. It's not even like a city block. It's just like it's a small building. Like your average Best Buy is probably like three, four times as big. Probably at least four times as big. Huh.
0: Yeah. They really make it look big.
1: Yeah, they do. It's all like uh, smoke and mirrors.
0: Yeah. So what's our other... Um, what's our? Who's our uh, favorite antiquer on this show?
1: Our favorite <laughs> antiquer. Good segue. Our, our favorite <laughs> antiquer would be Orlando Cologne, who probably sells really good antiques. Uh, I bet you if you want like a really vintage uh, guitar case... Or uh, something like that—a road sign from 1950s uh, gas station. Like he'd probably have, he'd probably be able to hook you up.
0: Yeah, if I was, if I was him, I'd be like, "Hey, you see this banged-up chair here? Like Bruiser Brody, like put that over someone's head in like 1984, like two thousand bucks." I'd buy it. Yeah, see that blood? That's Abdullah the Butcher's blood on it.
1: Oh well, I would avoid that because I don't know what
0: I mean... diseases. The Hep C would have to die after a couple decades, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> I would hope. Oh, That's confirmed, right?
0: No, the you know the guy that does Hannibal TV's. The guy he gave the the Hep C to.
1: What guy?
0: The guy that does the interviews on Hannibal TV on YouTube. Oh, really? That's the guy he gave the Hep C to. When you said
1: Hannibal, I'm thinking like the uh, like the the NBC show. About no, Hannibal no, the, the guy.
0: The guy, I, bl- I believe, just based on the voice and things I have watched, the guy that does like those Hannibal TV shoots on YouTube is the guy that got Hep C from him.
1: I'd be horrified.
0: Because I guess I guess like um, superstar Billy Graham like really helped hook him up with like people to help him get treatment and stuff. Because I guess I guess from what he and superstar were saying in this interview I watched, like getting treatment for Hep C is absolutely miserable. Like it's like weeks and weeks of hell, and the the treatment might not take.
1: You uh, there are certain anti um, antibiotics that they can put you on, and I mean I've never had experiences. I just know this because uh, in my profession I see a lot of medical records, so I've seen individuals who've gotten Hep C, and you actually can. I will use the word cure. You're not. You can't really cure it, but you can actually treat it to the to the extent that if you catch it early and you're actually very aggressive in treating it, your viral load can es- effectively go down to almost nothing. It could be all essentially undetectable.
0: So it can be uh, like chicken pox, essentially.
1: Uh, I mean, not quite in the sense that it's chicken pox is not like life threatening and
0: well, I mean, worse if case, it... I mean, I
1: it, I do know what you're saying. That essentially you can become like asymptomatic. And you become like a, just a carrier. It can
0: of it. become inert.
1: Uh, kind of. I mean, I feel like if if you had Hep C and then you aggressively treat it early on, it it can almost well we'll say it goes inert. Not really. And I think, but it, I think if you just kept a healthy lifestyle, you'd probably be fine. If you engage in things that aggravate it, like uh, like chronic alcoholism, then. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you probably that that would not be a good thing. But you can actually reduce your viral load to almost nothing. But you have to be on some pretty intense like antibiotics, and you got to do that aggressively early on
0: for like a lot, like six weeks to like months of it.
1: At least a few weeks. Really, you're probably like looking at quite a few months. Yeah. Uh, And you, I guess it can vary as people. Some people might respond better than others. But anytime you're having to to actually engage in that sort of like intense antibiotics, you can have all sorts of side effects just from the antibiotics.
0: Oh, yeah, I was on one once that made me light sensitive. So if I got in sunlight, it felt like I was burning alive, like almost instantaneously.
1: I haven't heard that side effect, but you know, they told me I'm that was sub-
0: going to happen, um, so I knew going in. So what happened to me is, um, you know, this has been. I gotta think. It's been about eight years ago. So I was in the basement doing something, and a a spider bit me on the ear, and I got cellulitis. So for those of you that don't know what cellulitis is, you just start swelling up like a motherfucker. So that was like, I think I was on some sort of antibiotic. I think it took, I think I was on antibiotics for two months straight before like it finally like all went away, and that there was steroids involved and
2: yeah.
1: So the, the steroids uh, are really for just anti-inflammation. They don't necessarily actually treat the underlying infection. Like cellulitis, it, the, the common symptom is swelling. But the problem with cellulitis, what cellulitis is exactly is it's a it's like a bacterial skin infection. Uh, but it can be quite serious. I mean, you can actually, it can, it can progress to worsening things. And then you actually, you're looking at, the, to be, be really graphic like if it doesn't go treated you can actually have like substantial tissue loss and damage it, it, you don't want to get to that situation because then you know they might start cutting parts off of you so yeah. it can be pretty serious like most time, most people who get cellulitis though you know you just it's like with you like you just take antibio- antibiotics and after a certain amount of time like it usually the the infection resolves itself. But if you have some, if you have a lot of like underlying comorbidities, like uh, like diabetes is really like the big one. Then you don't really that that affects like the blood vessels and affects just your general ability to heal. So a lot of that's why people that's why people who are diabetic they they constantly have to have inspections of like their lower extremities to see if they're gonna have if they have any sort of infections. And it's not even a, an infection that per se is caused by the diabetes. It's just that you start losing uh, blood flow to like the lower extremities. And that's where you kind like neuropathy and things like that. And these infections can kind of set in and kind of go untreated that people don't even recognize they have them. And then that's when things get really bad.
0: Yeah. I guess what From... happened to me is they said when mm-hmm. a spider, when you get like a bite like that on your ear, there's just so little tissue to like absorb the damage that that's a common that's a common outcome as you get cellulitis just because your ear doesn't have the tissue to handle the damage.
1: and just well, Yeah, and you also don't you don't know what type of spider it was. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of spiders have neurotoxins or other things that actually cause literally can cause like a necrotizing like infection like it just, yeah like that's not I'm not surprised you had, like, a really bad infection from that.
0: Well, they were driving me nuts because they were like, like, well, we don't think it was a brown recluse. We don't think you need anti-venom. I'm "I'm not saying it was a venomous spider. I'm saying a spider bit me, and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Like, just make it stop, please.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not fun.
0: Because, like, my ear was puffed up, and, like, I had, like, I mean, like, it was bright red, like just lines and shit going from like my neck Ooh. into like my like into like my my chest and like my arm and stuff
1: oh my god that's terrible oh it was yeah, awful you needed, like, was... yeah you needed <laughs> you needed treatment
0: yeah so they gave me steroids which the steroids made the angry red go away mm. um and then but like but like people like can you kill that spider and i'm like no and they're like, why? I'm like, because this happened and I stay away from spiders because them, them things got it out for me. Yeah. But you know, I've been bit, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things, like, I've probably been bitten by spiders what, like, hundreds of times in my life and you just have a weird...
1: I mean, they... There's all those weird statistics out there that say like, in your lifetime just sleeping, you'll like inhale and eat yeah.
2: <laughs> like
1: i don't know they, they'll say like a hundred spiders or something some stupid statistic like that it's like how
2: yeah i know i, I know.
1: i'm like you though i i'm not like afraid of spiders but i generally don't i don't mess with them
2: it's I like you know think...
1: what you go do your thing eating bugs i'll be over here doing my thing not being bit by you
0: The thing is, the ones that seem to end up in my house are, like, huge, like, hairy motherfuckers that could probably eat a dog if they felt like it, so (laughs) it's just like, you know what, like, it's probably gonna laugh at the raid, and I don't feel like putting a couple of bullet holes in the wall taking care of it, so I'm just gonna, like, let it do its thing.
1: You know, at least we actually live in America and not Australia. No offense if we have any Australian listeners, Uh, but down there, like, they have... They have they are the ones that have like the the spiders that legitimately like eat birds and
2: yeah other
1: things are as big as your face. It's like I no, know. I I do not want to have anything to do with you guys. I'm not I'm not particularly afraid of any particular animal. Like I don't have any phobias, but I do not want to mess with a, a spider that's at now, least as big as my hand.
0: Australia horrifies me because people like go there for vacation destinations. Like why? Like there is that is a continent filled with weird animals and a bunch of them will just eat your face because they can.
1: I won't lie to you. I kind of do want to go to to Australia at some point as like a vacation. That's like a bucket list item. But uh, it, it, I have seen online people have basically postulated you've heard of like the trope, like death world, like Mm -hmm. Australia is Australia is kind of a death world. There are many things in Australia that they don't necessarily actively want to kill you. But they will kill you because they're like, like horrifically venomous, or just incredibly dangerous. Even things like uh, they have like the cassowary, which is one of the, the larger birds in the world. They're mm-hmm. they're I don't think they're quite as big as an ostrich, but they're pretty big. And those things have talons on their feet that are literally like fucking knives and can, it can and have eviscerated people. It- they'll they'll kick you in the stomach
0: i know i know it's a joke here and it's been a joke for decades but the dingo actually ate the goddamn baby (laughs) yes like that's i don't know if people realize that but that poor woman and her her family got drugged through the mud forever and ended up the dingo actually did take her baby and they ate it
2: yeah
1: like Uh, by by the way not to digress but uh out there uh, listening audience google cassowary feet because it they that we talked about it a second ago like actually cassowaries are kind of dinosaurs look at the fucking feet that's a that's a that's a raptor claw what are it's crows raptor and, claw.
0: what are crows descended from because have you ever watched like crows like problem,
1: problem solve it's kind of creepy i actually like crows because because they're so smart and they are they are, I think, known to be that that uh, is the Corvus family. That's like the, the specific family of birds.
0: Yeah, because I think ravens and, are similar. In the yeah, Raven
1: family. Corvus, uh, I think, is the general genus. They they're incredibly like smart birds.
0: Like they recognize uh, faces. They did. I, I read a bunch about this, but they did. It was a college, might have been Columbia. They did, mm-hmm. or might have been a Canadian university, but they did this experiment where they put these masks on and they chase after them. And then for mm-hmm. some, some reason they recognize the people that were doing that. And then they would just like randomly attack them.
1: Yeah. they are, they're incredibly smart birds
0: and they uh, understand. Mm. It's what, I think what makes them, what makes them creepy to me is they understand the idea of, spatial management and like displacement like they if you give them something like that they like if you give them something they can't reach they understand like hey if i put rocks in this that'll make the water come up and i can get my treat
1: yeah which is actually an incredible concept which i think the pro go ahead i'm sorry
0: i was gonna say most animals don't have that ability
1: yeah, they're uh, they're one of the few kind of non mammal species that we know are able to recognize themselves in a mirror. Which you kind of take that for granted. It's like, well, why is that such a big thing? It's because well, so, a lot of animals they they can't perceive that, and that's really a a huge sign of intelligence, at least how we manage it or we understand it. Um, there's even theories that like ravens or or at least that the whole the larger like crow family that they may actually understand complex emotions like grief
2: yeah, it's
1: really fascinating I, sometimes i go on weird tangents where i actually like kind of read up on animal intelligence because it fascinates me i think the problem is that we because everything is very human centric like we kind of compare animals to see like well how how intelligent is this animal like on a human level which it's that's potentially like a very biased approach to things because i think i think certain animals are actually incredibly smart it's just they're not quote unquote human level intelligence because they don't need to be like you you evolve to a point that you need to be like and then you don't necessarily have to evolve further like yeah. uh, my cat my cat is like has incredibly complex emotions like my cat my my daughter now is like almost 13 months old my cat is still not like gotten over her jealousy <laughs> of the fact that we give our baby like more attention than she used to get.
0: Hmm. That's
1: a complex that's a complex emotion that she's going through. Yeah. But she's not like she's not gonna do like Leah, you know, she's not gonna do my taxes for me. Like she yeah. can't do that sort of thing. But she doesn't need to.
0: Yeah. And and the interesting thing is um with modern TVs, like they found out dogs will actually watch TV now.
1: Do they understand it?
0: My parents have a dog um, mm-hmm. that loves the TV, and um, I think she does because, like, if an animal comes on the TV, um, mm. she'll that'll get her attention. But my mom told me there's, like, a specific cartoon that she'll watch the entire time if it's on. But that's the only thing, like, she they said she'll, like, for animals and stuff, she'll come up, but she said this... This one cartoon she will watch from start to end if it's on. So I, I would think there has to be some level of recognition that a singular show would draw her in like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I guess I guess because the TVs now run at a frequency that dogs can see where the old tube TVs did not. I believe it's because the the screen signals move faster now and they can see it versus the tube TVs.
1: That's interesting,
0: though I, used I to have haven't a thought cat. about that. I used to have a cat that would attack like <laughs> link when I'd play Legend of Zelda, so
1: um,
0: I don't know but yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting phenomenon because there's actually some channels that are doing stuff that's aimed at dogs and like their attention span, which is a lot of animals and stuff, so it's interesting mm-hmm. My parents' neighbor's dog watches TV, too. So, it's hey, that's a weird thing. So, um, since we are talking about TV and we've been all over the chart, because Chad's not here to make us behave ourselves, um, <laughs> we're going to do the 1988 cartoon schedule. Um, I'm not going to kid you folks this week. Uh, I, I feel like this is a fairly lackluster lineup of shows.
1: This is... Uh... It's not great But there are a couple shows That debuted this year Which I do remember And and I did like So we'll get to those
0: Yeah so um, I would say so far we did not like 1987 and 85 and 86 We had varying degrees of enjoyment of mm-hmm. So um, As always uh, Well ABC is 3 for 3 On our our viewing schedule, um, because they just seem to put out a better like start to finish lineup, and um, so we're gonna we're gonna start with them again because we always go alphabetically here. So eight o'clock, we have the New Adventures of Beanie and Cecil. I actually remember this because my parents had um, got I think I rented the VHS of this at some point.
1: I don't really remember this show at all.
0: So Beanie was a kid wearing a beanie, and Cecil was, um, like a sea monster.
1: So I kind of like vaguely remember the the characters, because I think as a small, very small child, I had like a VHS of the old uh, cartoons, but I didn't really understand it.
0: Um. See, now, I do not know if I have seen the old one or the new one because I know that... I remember them. they used to sing a thing and they would introduce, like, a Bob Clampett cartoon. So I might have seen the older ones. Hmm. But, um... So this was... This was the Ren and Stimpy guy running the show. Really? Yes. Now, okay. uh, this one has quite the... So this has um, Billy West and Maurice LaMarche doing voices. Also, I don't know these other people. Cree Summer, Laura Harris, Jim McGeorge.
1: Do you not know Cree Summer?
0: I probably would if I looked at it.
1: Whoa, Cree Summer has done a million voices.
0: Oh, Uh, I know her. Never mind.
1: Yeah, she was she was actually an actress uh, live action on a different world, which is the which was the Cosby show spinoff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think she's done. She's continued to do some like live action stuff. But she has been a voice actress for like probably 30 years. Oh, I know
0: her because she just announced that she that they weren't going to use Elmira Duff in the new Tiny Toons.
1: Yeah, she was in Tiny Toons. She was in uh, she did Voices for Rugrats
0: Oh, yeah. So she probably was, um, she's probably Angelica in that show, wasn't she? Yeah. Okay, so I, I do know her. So this has quite... Oh, wait. The... Uh,
1: no, she was Susie Carmichael.
0: She was Arachne in Beast Wars too, then. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so I do know her. All right, so that's quite, that's quite the, um, that's quite the voice cast. That has to be a pretty early role for Billy West, doesn't it?
1: I would think so. Uh, Chris summer actually sorry to cut you off Chris summer actually did a voice for gargoyles which is one of my favorite cartoons of all time
0: oh, we're we gonna asked, ask I, I was gonna say he was on so he must looks like he took a hiatus from Stern to do this show oh this did not last long this only lasted two episodes
1: the, this show yeah. Oh, wow. So
0: it must have been the old one I've seen. Wow, let's see what replaced that then. Because that's, that's really short-lived. It looks like they put Flintstones kids back on. How do you know, though? How do you know after two episodes if something's not working out?
1: I, I, I don't know. Like... The ratings would have to be like so bad,
0: but how would kids even? I, I feel like as a kid, is if I was a kid and it was a cartoon, like one, I'd probably watch it, but two, it would have to be so terrible for me to not give it more than like two or three shots.
1: <laughs> Look, okay, I'm reading the Wikipedia, and it says that ten, I guess behind the scenes there were tensions. Between uh, the Clampett family, who I guess owned the Beanie and Cecil, like uh, like the intellectual property, and tensions rose between uh, Criffle, Crif- How do you
0: soul- how do you pronounce? I his don't last know. Name? I I, Cr- I was Crick-
1: Lucy, the yeah. Rand guy guy. Uh, between him and ABC over the tone of the show, because he was pushing for a, a more shocking and offensive material. Um and apparently ABC canceled the show after a handful of episodes at, as they found the humor not suitable for children's programming.
0: I think I just kept trying until he finally got his way. You know what's interesting is he kept Billy West on his um his speed dial from this.
1: Yeah.
0: But we we have to say um. Billy West is a great voice actor. He's done a lot of stuff. I like, like Fry, but I think, um, I think so. It'd be top five Billy West for me. Probably his best character for me is Zap Brannigan, but probably next would be the Jackie Puppet.
1: <laughs> ah,
0: Jackie!
1: Yeah, the Jackie Puppet was amazing.
0: I love the Jackie Puppet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so we're going. 8.30 to 9. The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh debut. Um, my wife and I actually watched this during the lockdown.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a pretty good show till the last season. The last season kind of sucks.
1: Oh, let me pull up my schedule in. Uh, yeah, I, I watched a lot of this, I actually feel. But maybe yeah. I watched it in syndication versus actually like this show.
0: Disney Channel, I think, like, the Disney Toon Channel, like, played this forever. I, I bet it's still on TV somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I, that's probably where I, that's actually, I think, where I watched it. Oh, look, I love looking it up. It's on, uh, it's all on Disney+, which wouldn't make sense.
0: Yeah, it's it's good until the last season. The last season felt like they were... <laughs> They were out of stuff to write about, but what was weird about the show to me is they go, like, into the real world and like, Christopher Robin's house a lot, which I didn't remember, and feels like it's kind of, like, breaking the rules of the world.
1: Yeah. Was there ever—I don't know this for a fact. I know that it was a, a book series. Was there ever a prior Winnie the Pooh, like, animated show or animated film, anything like that?
0: So there was, there was, like, um— I think there was two or three Disney done Winnie the Pooh movies in the, the 70s. Okay. And then there was, hold on, I gotta look up the name. There was a live-action one in the 80s that was, like, British, called, I think, The Book of Pooh. Okay. Which was kind of like, did you ever see the Dumbo live-action show?
1: The one that they just made recently, or something older? No, this
0: was, like, in the 80s. <laughs>
1: Mm, no, I don't. I don't even recall this.
0: It wasn't the Book of Pooh. There was a live-action Winnie the Pooh in the eighties, and then there was like a Dumbo one. No, they had like. I think these were Disney Channel only things.
1: I see, because I didn't have Disney Channel when I was a kid.
0: But like the Winnie the Pooh one was like your typical Pooh stuff, and then they would sing some songs. But they were like people dressed as like the characters.
1: Uh, The reason I even I brought that up and asked is because probably because I watched this uh, as a kid on uh, on Disney or on like syndication is Jim Cummings to me is the voice of Pooh. Like whenever I think of Pooh, like Winnie the Pooh, like I I picture I, I hear that voice in my head to me. He's like he's become like that's one of his quintessential roles.
0: He's not the original voice. Um, I don't remember who that is. It's. Uh, I'll look it up here. Uh, but he is in the, um, also like the voice of Owls. Like I think the. Um, let's see. Look up many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I think Sterling Holloway was the original. Yeah, Sterling Holloway. Who did? You would know him from stuff. So he was like, um. Let's look here. This would go a lot better. Any other time. He did a couple Twilight Zone episodes, I know. I believe. Um. I'm trying to look here. He did other Disney stuff. I think he was like, um. He was um the Oh he was the Cheshire cat in Alice in Wonderland.
1: <clears throat> okay.
0: Um he was called the snake in Jungle Book. He was Roquefort the mouse in Aristocats. Mm. Um um oh, what Twilight Zone episode did he do? I have to know now. It's going to drive me nuts. Twilight Zone, What's in the Box is the TV Repairman. Oh wow. Yeah. And he, yeah, because that, that's one where like the guy sees like the future and he ends up throwing his wife out the window. His <laughs> Wife ends up falling out the window and he goes to jail. He was a TV repairman there. Um, but yeah, Jim Cummings, um, like I said, uh, the owl. I, I feel like this this would really stand out in this era because the quality is just much better than a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, it's getting put out like it's well acted. It's animated pretty well. I feel like the plots are imaginative. Mhm. Oh, shit, we're forgetting the the key one. Um, Peter Cullen as Eeyore.
1: Oh, is that Peter Cullen? Yeah. Wow. I never knew that.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about his voice and it is Optimus Prime essentially.
1: Mhm.
0: My wife uh, my wife thinks Eeyore getting tortured is hilarious just FYI. <laughs> he gets tortured okay. a lot. He does? Yeah. Yours like the only one with any sense out of all of them. That's true. Followed by Piglet. But Piglet can fall for their stupidity too.
1: This is a, a really random comment to make, but I I just was thinking about how like there is the whole like Pooh world in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and then I was thinking like I actually want to play Kingdom Hearts again because I I bought uh, within the last year I bought like the, that
2: the PS4 they set. Put,
1: yeah, they put out a PS4 collection which I think was Kingdom Hearts one and two, and also the the two the side the side, games, side are, games.
0: The side games are like little movies to give you like the plot because like it has incomprehensible plot.
1: <laughs> oh, I I really love the first Kingdom Hearts game and then i played the second one and i like i like the i like the gameplay generally of the second one but it was just an incomprehensible mess of a storyline the first the plot of the first one was fine and then it just became like i don't know what's going on and i haven't even played the third game even though i own it
0: yeah i don't know what they did there cuz like i said the first one was pretty easy to follow and then they just like went nuts yeah Okay, so then nine thirty to ten we have Slimer and the real Ghostbusters.
1: By this point that it, had, it had kinda of transitioned to the the Slimer focused episodes.
0: I think they were still doing Ghostbusting stuff though, so I don't think it had made the full transaction to where like Manx and like the professor. Mm. Yet I think that comes in another season or two. But like this was more he was taking a bigger spot on the show but I think they're still kind of doing standard Ghostbusters stuff. Okay. But I, I would say Ghostbusters has definitely fallen a step in quality at this point.
1: This is probably... How many episodes did they initially do? Was it 65?
0: I think it was a little more than that because I think they did, like, a syndication run in, <laughs> like a season or two of Saturday morning. So I'm betting it was more like 91 episodes. Mm-hmm. Cause it would have been like an order of 65 and two orders of 13.
1: Yeah. Uh, for those who I, I brought up 65 because for those who don't know, for some reason, I don't know why they, they, they kind of hit on this number. Maybe it's just the, that was considered to be the good number for syndication, but uh, back in the '80s and maybe even like into the early '90s, uh, a lot of cartoon shows, if they weren't just like very limited runs to uh, to basically promote toys, uh, a lot of cartoon western cartoon shows would have uh, original runs of like sixty-five episodes. So you get a, like a huge amount of content.
0: I think it's uh, because I think it's because sixty-five episodes equals thirteen weeks of runs, which means you can run it four times throughout the year so like a syndication run gets you the first run and then you get three sets of reruns for the year
1: that makes sense uh i know like a lot of because there was a lot of shows that were in syndication that as a kid would air like not even just on the saturday mornings even though that's that's what we're talking about they would air kind of like in the weekday mornings (laughs) I would, and I would watch them like as I'm getting ready for school or or in the afternoons once I've gotten home from school. And I could always recall like I would watch the episodes and I can always tell like when they've like finished it up because then they would they like <laughs> they'd recycle to the beginning.
0: Yeah, so that, that is true. That makes sense. Okay, give me give me one second. I just gotta I gotta wander off here for a second mm. and then we can we can resume. I just gotta check on something.
1: No problem. Still looking at Slimer the Real Ghostbusters. Let me let me actually try and f- see. And ill Ghostbusters. Like hen pecking into my computer, like I'm a boomer. <laughs> uh. Oh no! I pulled up the. Uh, the actual filmation Ghostbusters. Okay, uh, wow. So the Ghostbusters the real Ghostbusters TV show in general had 140 episodes, which is vastly more than I anticipated. Uh, Sorry, so Brad. About that. No problem, Brad. Actually, the real Ghostbusters, the initial it was a like an initial 13 episode run. Then it was the 65 episodes in syndication. Then okay. they did another like 13 episodes, which I. I believe that was really like the saturday morning the first saturday morning run yeah and then they switched over to slimer and the real ghostbusters in which they did another like let me, let me calculate it. they did like another like 65 i think or actually wow. over, all things considered yeah it ran through they only had four episodes of the 1991 season but it it ran for it basically into like the fall of 91 which is like way more than i thought.
0: Well, they did they did TV specials for a long time cuz remember they did they did that weird TV special with like singing and stuff where like that guy makes halloween disappear and that giant like monster boogaloo comes back.
1: Yeah. I don't remember that, that one.
0: I feel like that was way late in like the Ghostbusters run. Yeah. Man, I miss the old, like, TV special cartoons. That was, like, an added bonus to your life when you got that random, like, primetime cartoon special.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a... Uh, just talking about that, this is, a, like, a, an odd one to bring up. But there was... Since we had mentioned it, like, in a previous uh, show, there was, like, a G.I. Joe, one of those special uh, episodes about... Uh, when they had like the anti-drug thing, oh yeah, <laughs> and they actually did like a, I think it was like an hour long. So basically, it was like really it was like two episodes, but they did like a special episode where it was the Joes and Cobra teaming up against uh, the Headman, who was like the, he was like the the evil drug lord,
2: okay.
1: and it, they styled it because for some reason I guess they were really. Back in our youth, they were really focused, like, don't do drugs, kids. Like, like that was, like, a moral panic that they <laughs> they needed to put – they needed to take this, like, cartoon that was designed to sell toys and, and push the anti-drug message on us. But they did an entire episode where, where G.I. Joe and Cobra teamed up to stop the drug lord. And you're supposed to believe that this terrorist organization, Cobra, that is out for complete world domination, that they'd be so incensed at, uh, you know, this guy selling drugs to, to people – Kids. It could
0: be though, because 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 that is the mistake with Cobra, even in the cartoon. They are not a terrorist organization; they are a pyramid scheme turned into international <laughs> level corporation that like lures recruits in with like high pay and health benefits. And I'm not even I'm not even kidding with that.
1: Yeah. What's
0: the name of their uh, heavy metal band? Was that Slither?
1: Cold's Cold Slither, and it that is. <laughs> A fantastic episode. That's one of the best episodes in the series. Every now and again, I will, uh, i throw on. <laughs> for folks out there, go go to YouTube and just search like Cold Slither, GI Joe, and they have like the music video that they did. Cold it, the the band Cold Slither was actually just the Dreadnoughts in disguise, but it's a, it's an oddly catchy tune.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's um... so
1: fun. It, it has Cobra Commander hamming it up as he likes to do. It's nice. fantastic.
0: You know, I feel like I feel like really for me, where GI Joe jumps the shark as an adult is when they bring in Serpentor. Yeah, it just doesn't feel the same after that.
1: Because Com- you get Commander in- actually had the most charisma of all, like the main villains.
0: Yeah, and I just feel like the the Deke stuff is where he kind of like is more prevalent, and I don't feel like that stuff quite has the same charm as the original series.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay,
0: so we're going to hit 1030 uh, and a new debut of a pup named Scooby-Doo. I actually feel like this isn't a terrible reimagining of Scooby-Doo as kids. I know it's kind of like a thing at this time, but I liked how um, (laughs) Freddie was kind of like a conspiracy theorist and he was always like blaming this redheaded kid to be the ghost.
1: Yeah, so this one I actually remember This is one of the the couple shows that I, I had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I remembered. Uh, this being one of them, I, I actually watched this show quite a bit, and I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was like a really a, a, a new and interesting take on Scooby Doo. Obviously, in in keeping with a the theme that I've, I've I guess I've noticed now as an adult with a lot of these shows where they just take existing properties and then they they reimagine them as like kids because we had Flintstones kids, now we have like Pup named Scooby Doo. Uh, another
0: one with kids, I think.
1: Yeah. There oh, was
0: Muppet Babies, one. obviously. Well, yeah,
1: Muppet yeah. Babies.
0: I feel like there was another one
1: beyond Muppet Babies.
0: Yeah, I do too.
1: Oh, I can't remember it right now, but uh, yeah, Pope I feel White like. Popeye and it...
0: Son. It wasn't, but it was kind of similar.
1: <clears throat> yeah, but I enjoyed this. I guess looking at it, I didn't realize that it it was actually so few episodes. It looks like the entire run was only like twenty seven episodes.
0: Yeah, it feels like it was a bigger deal than it must have ended up being because a lot of these shows really feel like they're misplaced, but this feels like they someone like actually kind of touched on like I think the current climate for like what a kid that would watch the show would be and it felt of its time more than a lot of this stuff has felt.
2: Mhm.
0: Um But my my wife and I rewatched some of this because we we watched a bunch of Scooby-Doo last year. Mm. And um, it's fun. It's not like amazing or anything, (laughs) but it's it it it's got a lot of merit
1: to it. I remember liking this show. Um, It was I felt it was almost like tongue in cheek. It, yeah, did, it was. It, it didn't take itself, like, too seriously. Like, they obviously, they were doing, like, kid versions, but they kind of kept it lighthearted, and they kind of stayed true to the, largely, to the characterizations of the characters. Like, Shaggy, I remember, was kind of basically, like, the same as he was uh, yeah. in the original cartoon. Like, Scooby was fun. I did, like, you, you are correct. Like, I liked that they added, like, fun little elements to the characterization, <laughs> like Fred being the conspiracy theorist and being kind of, like, a... a uh, like really, kind of just like dim witted, <laughs> yeah. but but in like a lovable fashion. He wasn't it wasn't like a mean spirited thing.
0: It was fun. It was more like he had his head in the clouds, not necessarily yeah. that he was dim witted. But what what I also liked about it too was like it it was self aware in kind of a fun way. Like that like you said, it poked fun at itself and it kept their characterizations <laughs> true while also like kind of twisting them a little bit to like make fun of themselves. Yeah. Okay, so then from 11 to noon, we have um, Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show, which that seems to be a staple, at least in one of those 11 to 12 spots since, like, 86. So, um, looking at their schedule, I feel that this is a little more phoned in than previous years, but still decent quality.
1: Yeah, um... It is kind of phoned in, although I do, I actually think, like, Winnie the Pooh and Pup Named Scooby-Doo, uh, those are at least, like, franchises that had, like, a following or at least interest, so they're kind of trying a little more.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So
1: (laughs) so you're right, it's like, it's odd, it's like, it's it's kind of phoning it in, because, like at this point, Ghostbusters had had like the the best episodes of the show and the most episodes they've already aired. Yeah. Um, uh, but Scooby Doo was like it. It was like a fresh take on an existing property, and Winnie the Pooh was. Uh, I think Winnie the Pooh was like a good addition, but it was like a mixed bag here.
0: Yeah, it feels like they're getting ready to to eventually take Gummy Bears because they're going to take all the Disney stuff. So mm. I feel like. I feel like this is kind of a placeholder year even though it's still pretty decent. Yeah. So we're gonna head over to CBS here and at eight o'clock we're gonna hit the adventures of Raggedy Ann and Andy. I have zero recollection this was this was ever a thing.
1: Uh same. I don't remember this at all.
0: It like I, I'm guessing this must have been more aimed at girls, if I had to guess, but I don't I don't know how you do a Raggedy Ann and Andy show. Honestly, I should have watched a clip of this. Uh
1: I I never really was into that uh those dolls. Like I think no, they no, they like existed when I was a kid, kind of, but I almost feel like let me look. I
0: like
1: don't, I almost feel like it was old when I
0: I feel like it was a thing our parents were nostalgic for when I was a kid.
1: Yeah. Okay, wow. Like looking it up, I guess. This was like this is like turn of the century, like nineteen nineteen ninety, not nineteen nineties, nineteen hundreds.
0: That would make so when, sense.
1: So literally like this was a show that was based on dolls that looks like the they were really they're more popular like in the nineteen thirties? Nineteen twenties?
0: Uh, that would make sense because um that makes sense for me. So um my, for my age, my parents and grandparents a little older, like all oh, my grandparents are dead, but so my um we're gonna go in a little into my family history there. So my, my grandmother was a war bride from the United Kingdom after World War Two. Um so and my, my um grandfather was a World War Two vet. Um so that would make sense. Because my mom was an early baby boomer, that these would be something that she would remember at the time.
1: Uh, that's fine, but you as a kid probably would not have. I interested had you.
0: one. I think they. No, it didn't. But um, this it's a fun fact because people will say stuff about my grandmother, and I'm like, I'm like, my grandmother survived the Nazi blitzkrieg of of england like you didn't screw around with her with stuff like that like sorry like no yeah like different generation like i'm not i would like I, my, my family's a little older than my age so so at eight thirty, we have a superman show i do not even remember existing i know you and i watched some clips of this and this show this show is disgracefully bad
1: I don't remember this. I don't remember this one at all either.
0: Yeah. It like the voice acting's bad. Like Jimmy Olsen's talking like a 60 year old man. And (laughs) like there wasn't a villain. And like, it it was just, I think this is a Ruby Spears one because I think the one thing I've learned from this, like kind of recent, um, this reason Jean with animation is that I always hold Hanna Barbera stuff kind of in low regard as a general rule. Mm Mm-hmm um but ruby spears might be worse than hanna-barbera
1: i'm, I'm trying to to look this up like a, it, it apparently only lasted 13 episodes yeah I had, I had no recollection of this and again like i didn't really get into comics until i was older and i could appreciate them
0: but i knew it, what like... super friends was by this point though
1: but that's the thing. Like I, I didn't appreciate comics really and start collecting them until like the nineties because that's when I was really old enough to appreciate it. Like, I wasn't collecting like Superman comics or anything like that, but I was at least aware at this point in time of, of superhero stuff, and I I would enjoy it. Uh, and I remember like the superpower stuff. Like Superpowers was not a perfect TV show, and certainly the the quality of shows that came not even that much later in time, like Batman or Superman, were the, the the 1990s, like uh, Bruce Timm, Paul Denny, the Superman, yeah. were so much better than even like Superpowers. But even then, it's like Superpowers was an entertaining show. And it's like, this is the this is the crap you're putting out in 1988. It was like, I almost want to say like tone deaf. It was like completely like, I don't know what you guys were doing
0: just well in like those really low budget like 1960s marvels cartoons are better than this oh yeah yeah way better
1: yeah i would agree the clips you showed which are available uh, on youtube are just not good
0: irredeemably like, bad
1: they're like painfully bad
0: like, poorly acted, like, the plot was nonsensical Like, I don't even know, like, what they were doing Like, he gets, like, pulled up into the air as, like, Clark Kent And I don't know how you explain that away Like, the situation they put him in, it's just I do not know what they were going for with this
1: Well, the animations wasn't even good
0: No, it was bad even by It was bad even <laughs> by the standards of, like, a low-budget 80s cartoon
1: Yeah, well, I mean so, so compare that to a show we had already discussed on the the podcast, like uh, like Real Ghostbusters, like Real Ghostbusters. It's just the animation style itself was like so much better on like a th- on throwaway episodes was so much better than this. It's like they it put you know, they put no effort into this show, which I guess makes sense that it only lasted like thirteen episodes. But that's even like embarrassing. Like even even in the context of like these. We, now we've seen like a, a, quite a few of these. Saturday morning cartoons like if if a show is only getting like 13 episodes and lasting one season no one gave a shit about it like yeah. you clearly put forth like no effort uh, And even I guess some, in fairness some of the shows that I guess maybe put forth effort to just didn't connect maybe they got a, a brief run but this there like, was just nothing to this
2: or
0: like even like something like Mighty Mouse that was just probably a little too ahead of its time yeah but like I was gonna say, like, Transformers can get rough animation wise, especially when you get into the second season.
1: Mm.
0: And even Transformers at its worst is far and away better. Oh yeah. Than that. Like it's just it's just insanely bad. Like I do not know how that got greenlit and put on the air. And like it 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 kind of makes me wonder, like what happened there because you didn't get anything until Batman the animated series as far as animated DC properties. I kind of think they killed it. Yeah. So let's cleanse our palate a little bit here and move on from 9 to 10. We have another hour of Muppet Babies. Um, this has just been kind of a stalwart of their lineup the entire time we've been watching. Yeah. Really, this nine o'clock, nine to ten hours is pretty much just the same thing year after year. It's ABC's putting something on and then CBS is doing Muppet Babies and ABC's doing Smurfs. So let's let us move forward because we've talked about this is the fourth time we've had Muppet Babies on here. I don't really know what else we can say about it. And I think it's going to be on the schedule for probably another two or three years because it ran a long
1: time. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, it ran a long time. And I don't think it ever got like a first run syndication thing. So I think they have like a hundred (laughs) episodes that they got like through 13 episode chunks at a time.
1: I remember I remember watching this in the afternoon. So it did get at least like a second run uh, syndication deal. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember if I watched it on like a, just like a local, a show or like a Fox show or something like that. Or, or Nickelodeon.
0: Was... Nickelodeon had it for a long time. That um,
1: That must be it. That must be where I saw it.
0: Um, I know our Fox affiliate had it, but our Fox affiliate was like the animation capital of the world. But I think, I think this was airing on Nickelodeon, like when they had like Inspector Gadget and stuff. Hmm. Which we should I, talk about that. That's a really underrated cartoon from our childhood.
1: that actually is. I forgot about Inspector Gadget
0: Because I think it even had um it even had what's his face from Get Smart as the the voice actor for that. It did. Okay, you're gonna, thought. you're
1: gonna make me look him his name up.
0: Yeah, I know. He did an episode of um he did an episode of uh the new Scooby Doo movies too.
1: I feel like that dude is not alive anymore.
0: No, he's been dead for a while. I think I used to love Get Smart when I was a kid, though. That used to be like the highlight of my my <laughs> nights when Nick at Night would show it.
1: Inspector Gadget has one of the uh... a very earworm, catchy theme song. Na 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 na, Inspector Gadget.
0: <laughs> oh, I just went down. Oh, you know Mel Brooks wrote for that. Really? Yeah, Don Adams.
1: Don Adams, there you go.
0: And he died in two thousand
1: five. Oh that was quite some time ago.
0: Yeah. He he was I think he was older though. Let's look. He was eighty two, so he was an old man by then. I used to love Get Smart though. Um I haven't watched it as an adult.
1: I don't actually think I saw that show.
0: They used to show it on like Nick at Night, like I said, that was a mainstay. So he, but well, he stuck around with the Inspector Gadget stuff for a long time. Cause he even did, um, he was even brain the dog in that stupid um, live action movie they did with um, Matthew. Bro- his has Matthew Broderick ruined more movies with his presence than <laughs> anyone else.
1: Uh, you can make a case that he has,
0: because he he was in that, and I'd say he ruined it. Though I'd say that's a hard sell. And um, likewise, uh, the toys for Inspector Gadget sucked because they actually showed what Doctor Claw looked like, and it was not good.
1: Yeah, you, I feel like Doctor Claw. Like you, 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 he shouldn't have like a, an actual like face. He should have just like a mask or something like that.
0: Yeah, he should just be an arm. <laughs> As the cat talking. Um, no, but like, so he, so Matthew Broderick, so he ruined that. He ruined Godzilla, and I feel like there's something else they stuck him into that was bad. Boy, I, I have to say though, I think of the '90s, Godzilla was one of my biggest disappointments
1: that just was not a good movie. No. And
0: they,
1: and they had no concept of like what made Godzilla interesting or scary. No.
0: No. And it just went into nonsense. Like the him having babies in the stadium or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to happier things. So um, Pee Wee's playhouse is at 10 AM. I think this is about the last season for that. So uh, we're going to move on because I feel like that show is really hard to talk about without delving back into the world of perversion. (laughs) So 10.30, we're getting a biggie here. Um, Garfield and Friends.
1: See, this is the other show that I I remembered. Uh, and I don't remember it actually from Saturday mornings. I remember it more when it was uh, in syndication.
0: I remember from Saturday morning because I remember because it was never in syndication it used to drive me nuts like the old opening where like garfield and the u.s acres guys are like fighting over like the the opening and they're kind of like doing a back and forth
1: yeah i again I, I watched it in syndication but i remember like the u.s acres characters they did a few of those episodes
0: yeah now my head canon is that the u.s acres animals live on john's parents farm Okay. That is not confirmed, but that is my that is my fan fiction. Is that they? That's not a bad one. There, they were there's actually a legitimate strip they did for a while. Um,
1: I when I was a kid, I think I had at least one of the collected uh, editions of those strips.
0: It I wasn't... acquired one at some point, but it never ran in our newspaper.
1: No, it didn't run in the newspaper here that I could recall. Uh, it was uh, it was fine. It wasn't as good as Garfield. No. Is Garfield still running?
0: Yeah, Garfield still runs. Because I, I actually did. um, I actually was reading the Wikipedia, and I guess uh, John and Liz actually are a couple in the comic strip now. So I went and dug up the comic strips where they became an item. I have
1: not read actual, like, newspaper comics in, like, a long time.
0: No, I was pretty much out. Um, so I I, I kind of started to taper off when um when get when um Calvin and Hobbes and the Far Side went out, but I I kind of stuck with it for a while because I liked Get Fuzzy and Pearls Before Swine. Mm-hmm. And um, Get Fuzzy, that guy just hiatuses all the time. Well, Foxtrot too. Foxtrot was good, but he really only does like Sundays now. And um, that get fuzzy kind of faded off and then pearls before swine's still going. But, um, that one, that one's not strong enough to make me like seek out a newspaper.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: But like in ours though, it's like, I, 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 I will look in there just from time to time to see what's up. And it's still like, you know, the same stuff, like the wizard of id and like Hagar, the horrible and, Snuffy Smith. It's like the same shit that was in there when I was like ten. Yeah. Funky Winker Bean.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I wonder. Are these are these people still actually doing the strip, or is it just like?
0: No, a lot of them, their kids are doing it, or are they just like replace them and like don't change the byline or anything. Like, because I actually was super into cartooning when I was a teenager, and then I kind of stopped trying to work at it because it's impossible to get in because like these are just like franchises it's almost like comic franchises like where where it's not even the original person anymore wow because some of that stuff like B.O. Bailey's been running since like World War 2
1: I didn't know that but I know it's been running like for decades so that even, makes... like the
0: the Phantom like the Phantom predates pulps I think
1: I don't even know. They're still running that.
0: I think they are. I just. Yeah, so, like, I was super into it for a while, but, like, they just. There's no new blood. They, like, they'll rerun the. Like, like in my paper, they still run, like, Peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes reruns because it's more popular than new stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, Peanuts has been over for. 20 years now
1: oh charles schultz has been dead a long time
0: oh didn't he die like a month after the strip ended i
1: don't know something like that
0: there's something though really early peanuts is is a very interesting trip down like cynicism and like (laughs) these weird journeys that kind of got like sanitized with the tv shows like there's um so Garfield and friends is interesting though. I feel like um I feel like this is this is a quality show. Like Garfield might not be your cup of tea, but I really feel like this um this did a really good job of capturing like the the essence of the comic strip and distilling it down into shorts that were memorable.
1: I actually really enjoyed this cartoon.
0: Yeah, me too. I remember the one where he kept like demanding people feed him and he turned into like a giant kaiju and then climbed some buildings <laughs> he wanted to eat it
1: i feel like i remember that one
0: yeah um and that's really the only one i remember i remember though i remember the, the other the other one i remember is i think there's a u.s acres one where sheldon the little chick that was still in his shell was supposed oh, yeah. to hatch and he hatched, and he was just an egg inside of an egg. So those are the two memories I have of that. And is there any is there any specific ones you remember?
1: Off the top of my head, no. If I sat here and thought about it, probably I would. But uh, I just enjoyed the show a lot, and I. We've talked about him before, but I, I really, I think Lorenzo music was fantastic as Garfield. He was when I, when I, it's, I mean, I, this is probably also because I was a child when I saw this, so it left a lasting impression on my memory. But whenever I think of Garfield, if I read a Garfield comic strip and I'm imagining Garfield's voice, it's Lorenzo music's uh, it's his voice in my head.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been having that. So I've been reading the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles IDW comics, mm-hmm. and um, I cannot read Shredder's voice without James Avery in my head.
1: Oh yeah, because
0: he is just like he is just that iconic voice of Shredder to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just like you can't read Optimus Prime without Peter Cullen's voice, and I'm glad they cast him for the movies. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna actually move on here. And now, this one I don't I couldn't tell you anything specific about it, but I do remember it because there were commercials involving him in this. Like I think this show is like an extension of those commercials. But Haver and it's Ernest, yes, this would be the Ernest um, character from the movies.
1: Yeah, I kind of I vaguely remember this show. I think it was... It looks like it only lasted this one season. Yeah, um,
0: I, can, I remember. Do you remember like commercials, which would which be like some dude like opening a door, and then it's Ernest there, and he's like saying all this stuff, and then there like he just like slams the door in his face.
1: Yeah. It. uh So it, the the character started as like a, a bunch of television commercials, and he would go, "Hey Vern," because the he's supposed to be like I guess this like southern redneck type. Uh, Ernest P. Worrell is the character, played by, uh, I guess, comedian Jim Varney. And the way that the commercials were presented, they were almost like you, the the viewer, were the first person perspective. And you were supposed to be like, I guess, Vern, because Ernest P. Worrell will always be interacting with you, the viewer, in a first person perspective. And you're supposed to be like this Vern character. And he would always uh, be talking to Vern, like nonstop, just talking and being annoying but for some reason the the commercials were like really really popular and it was weird because they actually looking it up like the character actually sold like multiple products like usually now like you associate if you're gonna have like a specific commercial character like they're gonna sell a specific product
0: yeah he kind of did everything
1: (laughs) like the one dude who uh back in the day like was uh for one of those like uh phone uh companies was it at&t or something
0: oh um the can guy you, that the
1: guy who's like can you hear that, me now like that guy
0: oh the, he was verizon because he's doing um t-mobile now
1: <laughs> oh is he like okay he, i guess he was because for... they
0: because because he did those initial commercials to them to rag on verizon and verizon like i think got jamie fox and they just like ripped on him mercilessly and it was hilarious mm talking about how they're at like he brought out this chart to talk about how their ads were like full of crap hmm. and then they had like a really short person like playing him or something <laughs> to be like the t-mobile
1: well that guy is like that's an example of uh, like a character who's supposed to be like specific to a brand but for some reason the Ernest P. world character like sold multiple products looks like he sold he was using commercials for Coca-Cola, for Chex, and uh, apparently some franchise called Taco John's. I don't know anything about it. That must
0: have it. been a restaurant.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about that one. But uh, the character became like popular. I remember those commercials. Uh, were, I think they were funny. As a kid, I thought they were like amusing.
0: I liked them as a kid.
1: Yeah, as a kid. And then then they actually made a movie. Uh which was Ernest Goes to Camp. And I remember it was like... I feel like a shockingly successful movie.
0: Well, they... I mean, they made those <laughs> damn things until, like, 98. I just looked it up. And, like, way past the point of where... Like, there's, like, Ernest Goes to Africa and stuff. Because I always thought there were three. I thought there was Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Saves Christmas, and Ernest Goes to Jail.
1: Yeah, they were... They were, like, low-budget comedy films. And maybe they were... Marketed towards kids, but
0: I think so because I don't think any of them are particularly good. Like, if I was to call one okay, I would say Ernest Goes to Camp is the only one that I seem to have pleasant memories of.
1: Mm-hmm. So the one I actually watched more than once and I actually enjoyed uh, was—it's not a good movie, but it was kind of funny. Um, was Ernest Scared Stupid?
0: Oh, and that's the other one. Sorry, yeah, that, I remember that one because that, that had like trolls in it, right?
1: Yeah, that was a uh, that was kind of like a we'll call it horror themed, but it's uh, it's really I think it was probably uh, it was meant to be like a, a Halloween release, and I guess at looking at looking it up, it, it came out on October eleventh, nineteen ninety one. So clearly they were they were aiming it for a Halloween release, and it was a kid's movie. the The premise was that uh, in Ernest's town this like evil troll gets released from imprisonment and he basically goes around. um, He was like turning kids and adults into, I think he was turning them into dolls. Uh, And then so Ernest has to basically like save the day, like by stopping the troll and reversing the evil magic. But it was dumb. It was not very like good, but as a kid I enjoyed it because I like Halloween stuff and it was, uh, it was inoffensive,
0: yeah, it
1: looks uh, like
0: there's Ernest goes to Africa and Ernest joins the army. Were the last two. Well, I don't so know. This it. went on like I know
1: nothing w- about that because basically after no. Ernest scared stupid, I kind of like lost interest in the character.
0: I remember that. I remember the the theatrical ads for that one.
1: Yeah, I, I think at this point, like the they kind of had squeezed every last bit of juice out of this. The uh, I think th- people really I think scared. the fad
0: was over at that point. <laughs> yeah. He was also Slinky the dog in Toy Story.
1: He was. That was a. Uh, that was probably his last big role. He. He. They did a really. He was
0: Cookie in Atlantis too.
1: Oh, y- you know, one. I, I, I remember that movie, and I remember liking it. And that film like bombed.
0: Oh yeah, that was when they were doing those weird ones. They did that that in Treasure Island or whatever.
1: Yeah, and I was actually sad that that. Uh, uh, Atlantis Bob because I actually thought it was a pretty decent movie
0: yeah I liked um Emperor's New Groove a lot but that one actually was successful
1: that was successful and that one actually uh in subsequent in the subsequent years has actually become something of like a cult classic like people actually really remember that one
0: and I think um I really love Lilo and Stitch the first one they kind of (laughs) watered it down after a while but I really thought um Lilo and Stitch was like a good self-satire of their own movies
1: yeah that one actually was I remember that being very popular at the time and it's unfair to say it hasn't held up but I feel like the the, the Stitch character hasn't really
0: it's sub- yeah
1: in subsequent years he hasn't really gotten a lot of like attention or, or heat so people have I almost like, like the- forgotten, forgotten about that character
0: I feel like the sequel... I feel like it doesn't always happen, but I feel like the sequel films and the, the TV show really devalued the first movie.
1: Yeah. This was... By this point, we had kind of... We had gotten out of the the trend that, that Disney had done. Like, I remember, like, when I was a kid, and this was more like a, I guess, late 80s, but really more like 90s phenomenon, that every year Disney would put out their their big animated movie and that movie would become like iconic to the point where we we still talk about and remember those movies to this day i feel like
0: pocahontas is where (laughs) that ended
1: kind of yeah you had you had little mermaid then you had beauty and the beast you had aladdin
0: um uh lion king (laughs)
1: lion king of course
0: and I feel like those are the big ones. There might be another one where those missing.
1: are the big ones once they got into like Pocahontas like Hunchback and Notre Dame Tarzan it started to like slide downhill.
0: yeah Hunchback and Notre Notre Dame's a weird movie.
1: yeah, it is weird.
0: I feel like Hercules is the only one of that later set that really had staying power. I would agree. I guess Mulan did, but Mulan feels like Mulan feels like it has a smaller but vocal vocal um, fan base. But it also seems like the um, that live action movie they just released is a total abortion.
1: It uh, it apparently I don't think did well. They obviously when they made it, they were planning for this big worldwide release. Uh, and of course that all got like Thrown to the garbage heap Because of but COVID she,
0: But she has like superpowers and stuff In this one Like,
1: Yeah from From what I have heard of the film Part of the reason why people do not like it It did not get a lot of praise Is because they kind of I understand They ruined it, they ruined it. Like, uh, look, I understand it's like 20, 20 plus years Since they came out with the original one you want uh, society has changed, like attitudes have changed. Like you want it, you want to have more of a a girl power message, and that's fine. But they fall. It seems like they fell into the trap that a lot of a lot of a lot of media is doing nowadays, especially like like for example in comic books. It's like you, the whole the whole point with heroes, just like a, a broader point. The hero, the the part of the journey with the hero and part of like advancing them and progressing them and making them interesting is that they need to have conflict and they need to, they need to basically like grow. And if you have them essentially as like perfect characters, then there's no growth and they don't become interesting. So why should I want to watch a film about this character if they're basically perfect and that they become boring? Yeah, and that, and, and that, like that seems to be the problem with this, is that they basically, instead of her just being like uh, a girl who's trying to make her way and find her own path and achieve this goal that was essentially denied to her because, you know, she's a girl, she's not a man who can go to war and fight for her country and for people. They basically have her be like, she is already like perfect. Like she is a, like, as a child she's like an incredible uh martial artist fighter and it's just that the the antiquated attitudes of her culture who doesn't want to let a girl fight that's the only thing holding her back and it's like no like mate, why can't she just be like she doesn't know anything but she has a desire to fight for her people and then she learns and grows like that's a whole that's a whole journey you're invested in it but instead like no she's no she's perfect because she's a girl
0: but the thing yeah, the and, and the thing is like that that removes like even if you don't like the original Mulan like everyone likes the one scene where she finally figures it out and climbs up that stupid pole and gets the arrow, that is that is literally the best scene, of the original movie and they just totally like, they just totally removed it and it's it, you know, it's it's the problem, it's the problem Ray had in Star Wars. Yes. Because part of what made Luke's journey so great is Luke sucks for two and a half movies. And really, honestly, he sucks through the third movie because, I mean, he doesn't even get to kill the Emperor because Vader does that. Like, but, you know, he pays like a real price through every movie and he's not because he doesn't get fully trained. Like, there's always a... um, there's always a price he pays for that every step of the way of his journey, and then you get the new movies, and she's just good at everything.
1: Yeah, they even that was even pointed out to Luke in *Empire Strikes Back*. Like, Luke is like, oh, I gotta, I gotta leave, and I gotta save my friends. And Yoda's basically like, "Look, dummy, you're not fully trained. Like, if you go, like, you're gonna get your ass kicked, and bad shit's gonna happen. And that's what happened. Like, he goes." He's not really a match fader. He gets his arm, his hand lopped off. His friends are still, like Han is still captured and basically sent, sold into imprisonment with Jabba the Hutt. Like it's a, it's a, it's a lightsaber. Yeah. It's a failure because he didn't listen, but then he, he grows from there. He goes back to training. He progresses which with Ray, it was like literally like from the beginning, like oh she she knows how to fight. That was the thing that really bothered. There was many things that bothered me about Last Jedi, but what really bothered me, like one of the things that bothered me immensely, was that she's training with Luke for in the context of the film, like maybe a week, if that, and then, and then like two thirds of the way through the film, like she she's on that uh, she's on Snopes flagship and she's basically teaming up with uh, with Kylo and kicking the shit out of basically Snopes elite guard and it's like look under this is a movie about basically people doing space magic but even in this ridiculous concept that I'm I'm deliberately suspending disbelief to accept even in that this isn't (laughs) believable it's not believable that
2: a a girl with
1: like one week of training is able to kick the shit out of elite bodyguards it's just not believable
0: and if you go back to like a new hope like their whole like their whole death star trip like leia is so disgusted with them for being so incompetent for most of their escape from the death star yeah Like, I I think, doesn't she literally, like, take the gun from Luke at some point and start blowing stormtroopers away because he sucks at it?
1: Yeah. But that's, that that is used, and that's, it's done in a more subtle fashion, but it was used to kind of show, like, these guys are, like, at least Luke is an amateur. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, here, give it, give it to the princess that obviously has martial and firearms training that actually knows how to... (laughs) to handle it and even his success in that movie he has to listen to obi-wan but there's a there's an in-story thing that because he's a farm boy and just goes around on like a speeder shooting little animals that he actually has a skill set to to handle that mission
1: yeah and he it, it it's there's an actual progression through all three films like by the end he's way more competent and he's almost like Cold and calculated. But even then, even then he's not yet enough to beat the Emperor. He yeah. actually he actually needs the assistance of his father, Darth Vader, to actually achieve that goal. And compare that with like Ray, where it's like, oh no, she's like perfect. Which bothers me. It's like I and there are people out there who well basically if you if you bring up these points, it'll be like, Well, oh, you just like you hate ray because she's a woman. And it's like no, I it's not that. It's like you you guys think like the people who who are pushing this, it's like look, people aren't opposed to a woman being the protagonist. Like far from it. It's just that you guys think that oh she's a woman, like that's that's her only necessary character development. And It's like no. Like I I want I'm fine with like a woman protagonist. I just want her to go through the same struggles as any good protagonist does. So that I she can they'll... she can actually grow as a character. Because that's what's interesting. It's like the the, it, the the interesting thing of the journey is they start from like a level like a a, a let's play it in like role playing games. Like they start at level 1 and they got to progress to like level, you know, 100. They have to. Yeah. Otherwise it's boring.
0: I think I think my problem with Ray I think I think if I really broke it down, I think her and Roman Reigns, I would have almost the exact same set of problems with.
1: You know what, though, at least like the modern era, I we're kind of down on the the modern WWE, but I will say one of the actual bright parts of the WWE right now is Roman Reigns. And it literally it took him becoming a heel and and an asshole heel. But that but that's why he's finally he's finally progressed because he's not just the superhuman baby face he's a heel he actually has like some some interesting things about him there's conflict there there's like actual character development
0: i also feel like with um with ray if we're talking like the george lucas era era star wars I feel like if she were a George Lucas character, the way they wrote her, she would have become a Sith by the end of these movies. Because I feel like, I feel like how easy everything came to her would have been, like, a lure to the dark side and, like, real Star Wars and not Disney Star Wars.
1: Yeah, they could have done, like, a double turn. They could have had her turn to the dark side and they could have had Kylo, like, turn to the light side.
0: And their big reveal, though, really annoys me, though, because really... When you think about it, though, they Disney's so stupid. They had the Emperor win through the the nine
1: movies. Well, yeah, it, it actually, and people have brought this up, so it's not like an original thought of mine. But it made Vader's sacrifice at the end of Return of the Jedi essentially meaningless. It's like, oh, you sacrificed your life and to redeem yourself to to stop the Emperor. Uh, well, that was that was worth nothing because oh, the actual actually the Emperor was still alive. Yeah. And, and wins at um, the end essentially
0: it's funny we're talking about this because um was it david prowse
1: who just died yeah he got the actor who played the physical vader not a, obviously yeah, who, Jam- james Earl jones did the voice
0: who um who didn't know he got his voice dubbed over until until um he saw the movie <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, no offense to David Prowse, but uh, James it R- was a big... Jam- James Earl Jones is a better voice.
0: Which is also uh, my favorite scene from *Chasing Amy* is um, Hooper X going on that whole Star Wars thing mm-hmm. and shooting Banky. Um, yeah, but that's a movie for a different time to discuss.
1: Uh, to give one final thought on Ray, I- I'm glad you brought up the whole uh, change to Sith and the fact that she wound up being descended from the emperor i knew so
0: stupid i
1: knew that they were going to do something stupid in that last film to make her actually important like
0: well stupid um stupid Ryan johnson like <laughs> i mean i like i i know i know there's a big divide over all that stuff and um I think it sucked from the word go minus Rogue One because that was a war movie and pretty good. But um and I I don't I don't like when people are trying to say what was worse. I think it it all sucked minus the first one which wasn't that good. But Johnson really left them in a shitty spot and I feel like JJ Abrams did not rise to the challenge of fixing any of it.
1: He did not. Um but it is clear he was just trying to find some sort of way out. And decided to go back to basically like fan service and it wasn't good and there was a lot of bad choices. Um but he he was trying to just throw shit against the wall and basically dig themselves out of the hole that Ryan Johnson you gotta, created. You got
0: you gotta subvert those you gotta subvert those expectations. You know, this is this <laughs> is my problem with some of these things like Disney though, is especially with is it Ryan or Ryan? Because I hear people I, say I don't, it both. I ways. don't know. Yeah, it, it's spelled stupidly, and he's a stupid person. So, um, let's 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 get past that. But sometimes, he, he uh, you there are certain people that do not have the maturity or capability to steer an established franchise, and hiring a guy like that was the wrong move. Yeah, and you should never you should never trust established valuable IPs to people like him because it's obvious he does not have the emotional maturity to not or and and, and honestly like he doesn't even seem to understand Star Wars or even like it that's kind of where my problem is is like they keep giving these properties to people that don't seem to actually like the properties and then they wonder why they get screwed up
1: that's a that's a larger complaint about a lot of uh, properties out there today it's Look, I understand like some of these properties are older, and you want to have a fresh take, but that doesn't mean like I'm going to completely like turn everything upside down. It's like no, you don't need to do that. You just need to have like a fresh take on things. The one thing I did think that he did, that Ryan Johnson did in the second film, that as soon it, w- it was actually one of the most compelling things about about it that I knew when as soon as I, I heard the third film was coming out i'm like uh when it was called whenever i heard the name was like rise of skywalker i knew that they were gonna do something stupid with ray and her backstory yeah i was like oh no they're gonna screw it up but one of the things that ryan johnson did in last jedi that i overall did not like that film at all but one of the things he did that i thought was compelling and interesting was there is right after uh kylo kills snope and he's taking over the first order there was a scene where he's talking to to Ray because Ray is like, we can stop this. Like, let's let's like stop them from attacking the, the rebel fleet. And Kylo's like, no, like, join me. But he he's talking to her and he's like, you know about your family, like, you know, like, you know who you are. And she's like kind of shaking her head like she doesn't want to hear it. He's like, you're nothing. You're nothing. Your parents were uh, like junkies. They abandoned you. They sold you off to slavery for like a few extra bucks for their, their addiction. And he's like, no one cares about you, but I do. And to me, that was like in a film that I did not like, I thought that was brilliant because it actually advanced their relationship. Cause it showed that he actually of all the people in the universe, like she actually got through to him. Like he actually cared about her and whatever twisted way, but he cared about her. But it also brought up the whole point, which, which they really like with this franchise the, the, this like new show like new episode, new movies, they like completely lost the plot on it. But it showed like actually anyone could be a Jedi. Like, in, like a nobody could maybe actually become an incredibly like powerful force wielder. It doesn't have to be the fucking Skywalker family involved in everything. So what do they do in the next film? Oh actually it's 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 actually like the Skywalker family plus I guess the emperor. Like the emperor's fan. It's like it's so dumb. Like you it don't is because... you don't have to make her wrapped up in this. You it would have been so much more brilliant to be like, yeah, she's a nobody. She just happens to be really powerful. We don't know how. That would have been so much more compelling. You have a whole
0: universe To play around in, and they can't get away from the stupid Skywalker stuff. It's just ridiculous. They
1: also can't get away from, like, the Jedis. And it's like, I understand that the Jedis or the concept is cool, but it has been done so much to death. Like, just get away from it.
0: And I feel like within the context of the universe, a Jedi should be fairly rare, even in their heyday. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know. It just... It got... I I will say that the prequels really did, like, kill my love of Star Wars, and, like, I never had faith. I always thought Disney's once-a-year thing was, was stupid, because I feel like part of Star Wars, like, appeal is its specialness and rarity, and yearly releases were just never going to work. But they trashed that franchise quicker than I ever imagined, because if you go to, like, overstock stores and stuff, they are just choking to death on Star Wars product.
1: Yeah i i was i was a huge star wars mark uh and i still i guess from my youth like really enjoy the franchise but they they really took a franchise that i i and a lot of other people loved so much and they just like just strangled it within five like what five six years if they that... they are very very lucky that John Favreau has been doing a very good job with the Mandalorian because that is literally like the only thing propping up like the entire franchise right now. People, what that's, that's, they did? Uh huh.
0: I was gonna say, and they did really needless shit that just antagonized the fan base and like got them off to a bad start. Like, just needless things, like killing the e the extended universe novels, like saying those aren't canon anymore. Like stuff oh, yeah. like that. Like, why did you need to do that?
1: Hey, and that was something that basically kept interest in in the actual franchise itself active and alive
0: through the for, 80s and the 90s for
1: basically like 20 to like 20 years
0: yeah or
1: at least i guess what when was the last when was uh, return of the jedi 83 83
0: i think it went from like 83 to 99 <laughs> and then then
1: the then the, pr- right. the first prequel was maybe like 90, 98 maybe yeah,
0: I think it was
1: 99 or 2000 I uh, it wasn't too, what is it? I think it was 99 So at, at least like 15 16 years it kept interest in the Franchise going Until the new movies came out So it's like really yep. And there was a lot of characters in those uh, That actually became like super popular uh, So it's like oh you're gonna You're gonna really like wipe that out of existence
0: Yeah you know what I don't understand Is they did all this stupid <laughs> stuff with Ray, Who no one likes why didn't you just use Mara Jade and just lift her story? Because at least she was like a complete character.
1: And you know what the the stupid fucking thing is? They wanted to wipe out the extended universe, and yet they still, they still what who the person who is like still in continuity is uh, Admiral Thrawn. Who?
0: Well, because he's popular. And of you course, can, he like, is, he's,
1: and he's well done generally. So you're gonna actually like keep him around. It's like the problem, the the added like salt and the wound to the whole like uh, the sequel uh, trilogy, is that it is not good. It's just not good, and we have the the whole Timothy's on heir to the empire uh, trilogy of books that came out literally like thirty years ago, and that yeah. while that not a perfect. Trilogy. If they had literally just adapted those films with some minor like changes to make that uh, the new franchise, you could have added like you could have added new characters to just fit them into that general storyline. It would have been so much better. Yeah, and that's the have, um, like those books actually, despite the fact that they may they may not be quote unquote continuity now, the fact that they like are still in existence and people have read them and they're so much better. Like that's that's always gonna like weigh against it.
0: So is it is is it online? Are you allowed to like say the last Jedi and like the sequel trilogy sucked yet? Or do we still have all those <laughs> like corporate shills like uh, simping for a billion dollar corporation like they need it?
1: I think they. I think it's still like that way, but.
0: Because I'm sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little chafed, and Disney's catching my heat for this, but like. I am so tired of all those gaming journalists justifying this like and their and all those corporate shills yeah. online like justifying the, the 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 price increase of like AAA games to $70 for the new generation. It's like no. Like most of their, their a lot of their sales are digital with no overhead now. They don't need to raise their prices. It's called greed. Yeah. Like stop telling me <laughs> stop telling me It's because fans demand graphics like well actually stop blaming the fans saying we want high graphics when a lot of the popular stuff now are indie games with not great graphics and um, no I do not need to pay 10 extra dollars for ray tracing which I don't care about which kills the frame rate like no I want I'd take my frame rate over like some gimmicky graphical stuff sorry
1: you and I have talked about this uh with shad like offline but this is no offense to the gaming industry, but they're really, in my opinion, there's almost no reason to buy a game like at launch for full nope. price
0: because like, the performance is bad. <clears throat> like you, like you usually like, especially on PC, you got to give it three months for them to like figure out how to actually make it run, um, the day one patch, like usually, there's some god awful mis- like bug still in the game.
1: Yeah, I I don't really do uh, PC gaming just because it's 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 easier for me to just buy a console game and throw it in the console and play when I when I have the time to. But even then, even console games, it's like why buy this like at launch when the game has essentially been rushed and it's gonna it's gonna be buggy as hell. And I'm gonna have to wait for like a patch to come out. Oh, and by the way, the patch will be like 580 gigabytes <laughs> to, to yeah. actually fix. It's insane. And
0: like, why are you gonna spend? Why are you gonna get a game at launch? Spend sixty dollars plus thirty to forty dollars for season pass when you can just wait for two years and get the complete edition for forty dollars?
1: If you want the complete edition, like you, you don't have to wait two years. You can wait probably like a year.
0: But if you don't oh, if you
1: don't even want so if you if you're impatient, slightly impatient and you don't even want to to get like the complete the game of the year edition or whatever. Like you don't want to even just wait for that. You just want the game but you want it discounted. Honestly, wait 3 to 6 months. And
0: you go, Oh, you don't even have to wait 3 to 6 months sometimes. Sometimes like within a month it'll be
1: on sale. Yeah. But you can certainly wait and get games like half price. Like I uh I bought a bunch of games on Black Friday. I usually nowadays like I don't really even buy games that like that often like during the year. If I do, it's it's probably going to be like a Switch game that are that either is interesting to me, like a fire emblem game or just like a digital game that I've downloaded, that's not that much, like a third-party game that's only like twenty dollars or something, like that's very affordably priced. Mm-hmm. That, like, I budget things pretty uh, strictly with my family, but let's say it's like, uh, like it's like the end of the week. You know, I've gotten paid. Uh, it's at like the end of the weekend. Like, I've I've tallied up all my expenses for the week, and I find like, oh, I have like, you know, forty, fifty extra bucks. I can go on, like, the Nintendo Digital uh, Marketplace and see, oh, there's a game I'm interested in. It's only, like, 15, 20 bucks. All right. I got some extra cash. And I'll buy it. Uh, but I usually do wait for Black Friday. And Black Friday, I usually will buy, like, six, seven, eight, a dozen games. Because they're all, like, discounted. Like, I, I, I actually bought, like, probably, like, ten games in the last, like, week or two and i think the most i paid for anything was like 20 25 bucks when yeah
0: i don't pay full price for anything anymore yeah, but, i think 40 dollars is about my limit
1: you don't need to and why like why bother paying for it at launch when it's it, there's going to be some major problem i usually yep. all these games like i whenever they come out i al- it's almost like a a, a sad- <laughs> like a, a sadistic thing i do i'm like okay let let's uh, it's coming out this date all right let me uh let me wait a day or two and go on social media. Let me see what Twitter is saying about this, and almost always it's like, oh, this game is like broken, they haven't fixed this, and it's like there you go, you guys Every pay- time? yeah, you guys paid like sixty or seventy dollars for a game that is not working right at the gate and then you hear the horror stories, well, you know, the company was like uh, really draconian, like they forced. The programmers to work night and day for like eight months and it's like I'm not complaining about I mean if these people are being treated unfairly like they shouldn't be like I support them being treated fairly but that's like every story like oh we're, we got to rush this game out because the corporations need to hit their their financial numbers for the quarter but almost every big game it's like it's, it's broken oh yeah. let, let's wait for oh we got a patch is coming Why should I, I remember the, dude, back in like the late eighties, nineties, you get like a Nintendo game. It wasn't fucking broken. It it couldn't be here. It's on a cartridge. You can't update it. There's no (laughs) internet. There's no internet to update this. It's got to work or it doesn't work.
0: And, and like, like with cyberpunk coming out, um, this week, like people are all excited for it. I'm like, I'll wait, I'll wait for like the first big sale. See how it is. And that's the other thing, like, people... That's another thing I I know you don't run into as much because you don't PC game, but, like, people really have been falling... Well, they've wisened up now, but a couple years ago, they were falling for, like, these guys that made popular things in, like, the 80s on PC, like, coming back with a Kickstarter, and, like, we're making a spiritual successor to this game that's 25 years old. And then people were like... Oh my God, this guy that's in his like 50s and 60s now made a crappy game. And I'm like, really? You're telling me a guy that didn't quite keep up with technology and gaming standards that was big in the 80s and early 90s? Like, I am shocked. Shocked, I tell you, <laughs> that that happened. <laughs> and you didn't learn from the other six times that this has happened. Good for you. Yeah. But anytime, like, anytime like a Kickstarter comes out, like, I look at Kickstarters for games. Um, Like, I I back the one for the Pathfinder PC game because the first one was pretty good. But, like, if they they immediately say, like, this is going to be a spiritual successor to something from the 90s, Mm. it's just, like, pass. Mm. Like, I'll see if it's good when it comes out, but, like, I'm not giving you money up front because this always goes bad. Because either you guys are twenty years older without when you don't you haven't kept up with like the norms or you're just like trying to cash it on those those quick member berries. Mm-hmm. But um why don't we why don't we chalk off the schedules <laughs> instead of like bitching about um
1: that was like a thirty minute <laughs> digression. I think that's like a forty minute Probably. thing. Probably
0: I one of these days we're just gonna have to cut loose on like on like the state of like, because my thing with modern gaming is I'm just tired of the nickel and diming.
1: I would agree. I This, we probably, people who listen to this probably like these guys are just bitching, but it's like, no, like we, we love video games. Like I love them. I just want things to not be broken out the gate. Because I, I, have a, I, would want to- I have a two thousand dollar computer system
0: sitting at my desk because I love gaming so much. I built my wife, I built my wife a PC to game with so that she could game with me because we love gaming.
1: I am, a, I'm extraordinarily privileged in the sense that, obviously this is over the course of like the last like decade, but I have as my gaming system, I have a PS3, an Xbox 360. An Xbox One, a PS4, uh, a Nintendo Switch. I actually, in my move, like I had, it, it had been like buried in my closet, but I found like my old PSP. I have the the retro Nintendo that was put out in the last like two three years. I have the retro SNES. I actually have an extra retro NES which I'm going to mod so I can download all the like all the old. Uh, Nintendo games. Uh, I have a friend who potentially could get me like the new Xbox system. Like I've I've spent a lot of money on video games, so yeah, I'm I'm clearly invested in this. I just want I just want things to to be better to to work, and it it's not even like I hate like it's it's shit. No, I hate it. No, it's just I I would love to buy a game like day of and it work but as it is it's like the way the way they have set things up it's like why why should i spend that money when i could just wait like six months and get a more like fixed game for like half the price at least half the price yeah the the, the model is terrible
0: it is and it's it's very predatory and like i'm sick of paying them wanting me to pay like $60 $60 plus $30 for DLC. And then there's fucking microtransactions or like the game's designed to be extra grindy to try and make you want to pay to like bypass the grind. It's like, come on guys. Like if I pay $60, there should not, there should nary be a microtransaction to be
1: seen. Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. And I, you brought up the word predatory, like it's predatory first and foremost by the, the actual companies. Cause I mean, there's so many stories out there of them not treating their workers right, uh, working the programmers until they're you know basically like. I've heard so many stories about toxic environments at these game companies, and it's because like they just want to get their product out, even though it might be completely broken. They've set like a release schedule. Oh, it's got to be released in this quarter because they have to meet their uh, they got to meet their their financial goals for the quarter, and it's like this is this is completely terrible.
0: You know what's hilarious to me? And we don't delve into politics much on this show, but I always find it so ironic that the game companies and publishers that love to virtue signal about how woke they are are always the most toxic and awful environments to work in.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, um, let's get back to this and knock this off because it is getting late. Yeah. And, um, we did not mean to go this long, but uh, like I said, Chad's <laughs> not here to keep us in line, so we're just going to go off with tangents here. So next is a show called Flip at 11. We're on CBS, by the way, because we, we went way into the weeds yeah. of our, our other addictions in life. Mm. Um, so Flip, I do not know what this is, but this is saying that it did not last long. It was done by the end of October because of low ratings, so they put Teen Wolf back on.
1: I have so, no recollection of this.
0: I don't even know what it is. I forgot to look it up. So then we have Mighty Mouse holding on for another season, which surprises me because, like I said, I don't remember ever seeing this show, and I feel like I would have seen it at some point. And then CBS Story Break, <laughs> which is animated stories. So that's CBS. I feel like that lineup's good for about two hours, then, like, just mad the rest of the way. So we're gonna go to NBC. Um, eight o'clock. Kissy first seems to be coming back again.
1: Yeah, I rem- that I was, remember the show.
0: That was in eighty six. You said you actually remember watching this, right? I do
1: remember this. I don't really remember the characters that much, but I do remember that the main character was this uh this little brown bear who had a T shirt on. Okay. And I asked my wife if she like remember this show. Uh but she said no, like, she was more, uh, it was a, sh- she was a Shirt tails fan. So she the cartoon Shirt tails
0: I remember that. I, cause I, I thought it and the get along gang are really similar. Mm. Like if you saw them together, I should send you videos at some point. You would think they were the same show in a degree. So, uh, Gummy Bears is still holding on at 8:30. Um, then we have Smurfs still holding on from 9 to 10. I feel like the Smurfs is about done, though. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like they had brought, like, the, the Smurf lanes on at this point and, like, Grandpa Smurf to, like, freshen it up. Okay, so from 10 to 11, so we have ALF back for another season, but there's a new ALF show, ALF Tales, which is pretty much ALF, like, reprising roles in, like, famous um, literature. So I remember ALF I have no recollection of ALF tales.
1: Uh I I don't really remember this unless was ALF did ALF was ALF mostly about him being on the planet Melmac?
0: Yeah, he was like in the military. Okay. In Melmac.
1: All right, so I and remember He
0: wore like a Hawaiian shirt, I think.
1: Okay. So I remember those episodes. I don't feel like I remember ALF tales.
0: I'm sure it was very... I'm sure it was very similar in tone to ALF because I'm pretty sure it was the same, like, group and he was still voicing it and stuff.
1: Okay, looking it up... Uh, <laughs> this is a, actually a weird concept. It was a spinoff in which uh, it featured characters from that the ALF series playing various characters from fairy tales. And the example they give... Is there was a Cinderella fairy tale episode that was done as an Elvis Presley film?
0: Ew, what? The, what uh, this that's weird. That's
1: very weird.
0: I have to look this up now. That sounds interesting and bizarre at the same time. Yeah. That seems like it probably did not. Um, <clears throat> it seems like that would go over kids' heads, though. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go to eleven. Chipmunks are still holding on. Um, and now eleven thirty. I had to look this up, so this is the completely mental misadventures of Ed Grimley. So this is that Martin Short character from SCTV. Mm-hmm. Um, I only remember. I don't think I've ever seen skits of him, but like he was a very iconic, like commercial, like and like vignette, like you'd get like a clip of him here and there. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he was like a big deal at the time to get a cartoon.
1: <laughs> so I don't, I don't know this because I watched it as it aired, but from what I understand, Martin Short did have a stint on uh, Saturday night live where he did, he did to the character. And I think that's where the, the character got more like prominence. Uh, but it's still, and I actually, maybe this was like in comedy central, like uh, there was time either in syndication or on comedy central that they aired like old episodes of SCTV. So I I was kind of like dimly aware of the show.
0: I used to, our NBC used to play them at like three in the morning.
1: Yeah. I, I saw it somewhere. Like, I don't really remember where it was, but it was definitely in syndication on, on some channel. And I want to say it was comedy central, but I, 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 don't really recall.
0: This one has like a good voice cast because I guess they got Martin Short for it and Jonathan Winters was a voice or a character on it. Oh wow! And it looks like they had some like very popular guest stars at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I don't. I remember the cartoon like I remember like visions of it, but I never saw it, and I don't think that there would be any reason I would have watched this as a kid or been interested in this even remotely.
1: I I don't really remember this. And it's it, it seems very odd. Like I, I don't know why this character would have been pushed forth as a as like a like an animated kid show.
0: No, and it, it looks like because by the spring it looks like they pushed it to that like twelve thirty <laughs> death slot, mm-hmm. and um, like to give you an idea, they must have thought that reruns of fat albert and the cosby kids was more profitable than wow that show Mm. which i loved i that that's actually a favorite of mine is fat albert from being a kid
1: i I remember that fondly
0: it must have been syndication by the time i watched though because i mean
1: oh it was clearly i think that was like yeah i think the only time i ever saw it was on on the weekend on, I want to say, like, USA Network or something like that.
0: That might be it true, because was... USA Network mm-hmm. um, played a lot of cartoons.
1: Yeah, and I want to say it, was, it wasn't It was even, like, on Saturday mornings. It was, like, I want to say probably, like, Sunday mornings.
0: Do you remember when they, they started getting a more formalized cartoon block and they called it the USA Express, and it was, like, they would do, like, they would have, like, the various characters on some, like, train,
1: uh yes i do remember that
0: because then they they would show a lot i know like when i I, when i was starting to become aware they would show a lot of hanna-barbera but then like masters of the universe started popping on there i think ghostbusters (laughs) did um scooby-doo was a big one and um so yeah this is this is the 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 1988 schedule um this is really bad if you ask me. Yeah. Like I I mean I mean Winnie the Pooh's good, you know, Muppet Babies, Pee-wee, a pup named Scooby Doo, Ghostbusters. I mean, there's good stuff in there, but there's just a really like I don't know what I feel like NBC almost had something last year and I feel like they kinda of pissed it away. Yeah. Cause I like that the misadventures of Ed Grimley, like I don't understand at all why
1: yeah it, it's, it's it's confusing to me
0: so I'm looking at this schedule and I'm really conflicted between between ABC and CBS this year I feel like CBS I feel like I'm almost ready to break rank and say CBS has a better lineup this year Except Superman really drags it down, but I feel like that... I feel like the the Muppet Babies, Pee Wee, Garfield, and Haver in its earnest is like a strong anchor of a lineup. But then the other problem I'm having, though, is with Winnie the Pooh, Ghostbusters, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, and Bugs Bunny, like, ABC's pretty much watchable the entire morning.
1: So I would actually, I'm going to go that route. I'm going to say, actually, for me, I'd probably give it to ABC.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I'm actually going to agree with you because I could see legitimately turning on ABC after 8 and not feeling (laughs) the need to look at anything else all day.
1: Yeah. Because I remember liking the Winnie Pooh cartoon. Even though, as I said before, I, I didn't really watch it on Saturday mornings. I don't recall. I watched it more like in syndication. Um, yeah, I think so too. I liked Real Ghostbusters. I think by then we we're getting to like the Slimer episodes, but you know, I still like the franchise. And then I do remember like watching and enjoying Scooby Doo. It's not by far my favorite of the Saturday morning cartoon shows. And the beauty of of going through the Saturday morning cartoons, like we haven't even remotely hitting like the golden era like that's that's coming like a few years later in the early 90s but i think we have to Mm -hmm. we have to give
0: we have to give fox like um we have to give fox a couple years to really get there
1: oh yeah they don't start off they don't start off like hot but they really they get there
0: they pick up quick though because i feel like about when they start getting like eek the cat in tasmania is when they start really start really taking off, but I guess I'm kind of shocked that ABC's really had a stranglehold on this for about four years. Yeah. Like, I mean, an, I mean, it's been close a couple years. Like I feel like this year and last year NBC and CBS really pushed them, but I, I feel like they just, they just get the better shows and they really, their, their lineup just feels better measured and thought out. Yeah. Well, that is 1988. I would say it is a, a craptacular <laughs> slate of crap. Um, I think 89 gets better. Let's look. I want to give people a bright ray of hope that it might be better. Okay, so we get Beetlejuice, Saved by the Bell, Camp Candy, Captain N, The California Raisins Show. And Rude Dog and the Dweebs, which is is just insultingly bad, so I'll, <laughs> I'll shit on that one. And Captain N's pretty offensively bad too, if you ask me. Um, but that that schedule seems better, especially Beetlejuice the cartoon is really good.
1: Uh, it is. Uh, and State by the Bell is kind of iconic, so I feel like there it's a slight improvement.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like we're gonna start seeing like some better stuff from at least that year i know i know fox like starts with fox starts in 90 so to so the next when we finally do 89 i think in january that is going to be the last year we have three networks i think throughout this whole thing yeah cuz then we get fox and then i think around 95 we get wb coming into the into the picture Well, that is it for this week. Um, Join us next week. I believe we are going to be doing the Pat Patterson retrospective, and Shad should hopefully be well enough to join us. So until then, thanks for listening.